Welcome to Rise Up For You, a unique podcast dedicated to uplifting women in their day-to-day life, but open to all to enjoy and share. My name is Natalina, the founder of Rise Up For You, through interviews with various experts and professionals on relationships, investing, self-worth, entrepreneurship, love, and health. This podcast is committed to empowering and spreading knowledge and motivation to all. Rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater tomorrow. Hi, everyone. This is Netalina, the founder and CEO of Rise Up For You. Thank you for joining us on the Rise Up For You podcast. Today, we have an excellent episode and interview with Antia Boyd. She's going to be talking with us about, you know, being able to really jump into a relationship and find the right one through dating, how to find the secrets to be vulnerable and in control, and this concept of polarity, masculine versus feminine in a relationship, and most importantly, how to be secure in your insecurities so that you can date and build the relationship that you want. Um, it's an awesome episode, really a lot of great information. Um, if you're struggling in this, you know, in this world of dating or finding a healthy relationship, this episode is definitely for you. Rise up for you and enjoy this episode. Antia, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Rise Up For You podcast. Honored to have you on the show. I always like to start off the show by letting the audience get to know our guest. So can you tell us about yourself and what you do? Yes, absolutely, Nada. Thank you so much for having me. So hi, everyone. My name is Antje Boyd. Um, I help single women who struggle with trust issues and attracting emotionally unavailable men. And yeah, so there's a lot to talk about. My husband and I, we built a company together. He helps the men on the other side of the coin. And it's been quite a journey to get here. Like, I don't know how much time I have to go into that, but um yeah, I grew up in an emotionally absent household. And what that meant was like words like I love you and hugs were really not common at all. And as a consequence, I really closed up and attracted a lot of emotionally unavailable men when I reached the dating, t- uh, the, you know, the dating age. Um, and unfortunately, um, you know, I don't know if you guys know what that means when you actually hear the word emotionally unavailable. It basically means that I got my hopes very high up and, you know, I was told I was the never expected, always wanted miracle only to be crushed again the next day. Um, and that's what made me become so passionate about this work because I got myself out of Germany, in case you haven't identified my accent, and got myself into UC Berkeley and studied psychology and personality and attachment styles and really understand how the dynamic that I had with my parents directly translated into the dynamic I had with men. And now, as you can imagine, you know, I I made a lot of uh, discoveries that translated into workshops and seminars I led myself and I helped women find the right partner for them, walk them down the aisle. And, And when I really gained appreciation for a mentor was when I realized that it wasn't happening for me. And I realized I have blind spots, that even though I had all the formula and a step-by-step system to help everybody else, I couldn't figure out what it was for myself, right? So my my husband always says, a fish doesn't know that it's wet because it's always been in water, right? And and so that's when I hired one-on-one mentor for myself 
who really helped me to be vulnerable without looking weak. So I'm going to talk about that and, and how to set boundaries without feeling guilty and truly trusting myself. And literally a couple months later, Nada, I met my husband Brody. And he told me right away that I'm the girl of his story. And that, that was it. A couple of months later, we were engaged and got married exactly here within meeting wow. each other. Wow, wow, <laughs> So let's dive a little bit more into this. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about. Um, I want to backtrack yes. just a little bit um, mm-hmm. in regards to when you mentioned that you went to Berkeley and then you, got, uh, you studied psychology. So, you know, obviously that that plays a big role into dating and meeting men and even just building relationships in general. So, you know, when you're working with your clients, I guess, what's the what's the biggest factor that you see that's getting in their way? Is it their past? Is it they, you know, they have a hard time overcoming, um, you know, past ideals or beliefs that they've, you know, kind of picked up along the way when the relationships and their childhood? What do you see that that factor is? Oh, wow. Yes, absolutely. So one thing I see is that those women, they're not showing their real emotions. So they say, oh, auntie, I'm excited, but I don't feel it. Or they say, it made me really angry, but I don't really feel it. So there is a such an emotional disassociation from what they're saying and what, what's, what I'm actually feeling, right? And what they're actually um, expressing in their body, in their voice, in their energy, Right. And so there is this, what I see, Nada, is this kind of like, you know, I'm just staying average, so I'm safe, right? I'm not going into all of my emotions and take a risk because I don't know if, number one, I'm going to rock the boat, right? And I'm going to get somebody mad if I say no, right? Or number two, I'm going to be too much. You know, my passion is going to be too much. My pleasure is going to be too much. And nobody's going to be able to hold this for me, right? So there's this deep feeling that I get from my clients that they really have this this too muchness, which is which is really ironic because at the same time there's also this fear about not good enough, right? You know, not smart enough or not feminine enough or not embodied enough. So you fill in the blank. So that's what I really see. Um, it's a paradox, right? Um, and that's why you know it's an unconscious block because it doesn't even make sense. How can you feel too much on the one hand and not enough on the other, right? So that's a big, big block I see with the successful, strong, single women that come to me. So they have this fear of, uh, of, I guess, not wanting to express or communicate because they feel that the consequence may not be in their favor? Yes, exactly. So they, well, number one, I think part of them, they have already learned to disassociate from their own emotions because number one, I mean, what I learned at UC Berkeley with attachment styles, that either they expressing their emotions was not safe, right? They were actually not catered to by them by their primary caregiver, or they were not catered to it on a regular basis. So it becomes a, a gamble in life. They don't know when they're going to get the attention again from the mom or from the lover in this case, and when not, right? So like this anxiety just rises through the roof. And so what happens is when they start to connect again with their emotions. Right. Like they kind of feel their anxiety. They don't want to deal with that. So they try to stuff down the anxiety. And of course, that's the wrong way to go. So elaborate. Uh, can you elaborate a little bit more for our audience uh, in regards to attachment? Like what, what, what do you mean in this concept of ta- attachment? Mm, yes, absolutely. So 
you know, so some of you might actually feel like, wow, I'm always getting really, really quickly attached and I'm walking myself, seeing myself walking down the aisle with the man that I just had a coffee with, right? Or I wonder like, you know, how does his last name look behind behind my first name? And, and that's what we really identify as the anxious attachment style, right? So there's an overemphasis on um, there's, there's a lot of assumptions, like there's not, not a lot of, it's not really grounded, it's a lot of filling in the blanks, and there's a lot of what we call future anticipation. And it comes from from um, having an, in um, what's the word, what I just wanted to say, um, well basically your primary caregiver, your mom, was not responding to you all the time, it was responding to you sometimes, and sometimes it wasn't. Right, and so because you couldn't be in the unknown, you couldn't be in the uncertainty. Because in a baby that rises an enormous level of anxiety um, that could even be physically threatening, right? Um, it actually starts to kind of um, fill in the blank and just kind of say, "Oh, I'm going to get food this time. I'm going to get food this time," and that translates directly into the romantic relationships and really becoming over anxious and actually pretending like, "Okay." Oh my God, I could get married to this guy, but at the other hand, knowing that this could not be happening, right? So that's where the anxiety is coming from. So that's number one. And then that's basically most of the women that work with me. And then, of course, on the other hand, there's the, the complete opposite where, again, the emotional disassociation completely that as soon as you get close to um, a man, right, that you're actually um, kind of like, you, you're not good with intimacy. You're kind of like pushing men away. Like you're, you're more rotating through different men and you, you can't go deep because you're in avoiding attachments down, but you never got detention from your mom. So you just went through an enormous level of anxiety and devastation as a baby and then completely disconnected from any hope that you will get emotionally fed again. Okay, so this is interesting, and I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable with you here. So do you find that there is, um, I guess, an in-between? Like, for me personally, I, could, I find that I get attached quickly, but I actually did not have that with my parents. My parents were very loving and open. So is it, is it possible that the reason why I get attached fast is because I, maybe I'm overly trusting because I've had so much love around me growing up? Yes, yes. So it could be... Um, <clears throat> that sometimes like you kind of idealize like how we grew up and like project that onto the person. So it's basically the perfectionist, right? Like everything needs to be perfect. And then you attach to, um, to the man really quickly because you trust him really quickly, but you're not, it's basically having like the rose sunglasses on, right? Without even, do I actually know this guy? So even though you had a positive experience in your past, but you project that, 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 Every guy that you meet is loving, is that supportive, and is that cherishing of you, right? Versus like actually taking a step back and looking at, wait, is this man actually walking his talk, right? How consistent is this man actually, right? Mm. So, so that's what you're, um, that's what you're missing. And how do you? And how uh, do you? And the, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, Antia. And the other thing I also see, Nada, with um, with women who had like really, really great upbringings, is sometimes they got so smothered and so loved, and it's it's almost like in order to feel balanced, because that theme in life is we always draw to whatever balances us, right? So in order to be balanced, like they tend to attract more cold men, more unavailable men, right? More avoidant <laughs> men, because they secretly don't want this like lovey dovey. They had all of that. 
and they want to feel the other part where they have to actually lean in more, right? And have to do more, um, ha have a different experience than what they had already in their childhood. That's very, so that's very what interesting. I see too. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do you see this in regards to men? What, what's, what are the differences here? Can you give us a little bit insight yeah. on men on yeah. the flip side? You know, it's interesting, Nada, because my husband wor has been working with men for over 10 years, and I coach them um, several times per month. And I see, actually, when it comes to the anxious attachment style, very, very similar. Very, very similar. And what that means is, like, they get really attached really quickly. There's an enormous level of anxiety. There's a lot of overthinking, like, okay, should I... Um, should I text her this? You know, should I text her that, that I meet her at three or should I text her when I'm there? And then, I mean, it just really goes into detail. So I'm really finding that um, men who are on that anxious level, and we can, we can talk about polarity, right? They're also more feminine, right? Because they don't trust themselves. They're not congruent in their manhood, in their masculinity, in their, um, in their um, purpose that they have, right? That's like the secure attachment style. Um, but instead, they're just really anxious as well. And I really feel like I'm talking to my clients when I talk to the men. So there's actually not not a difference at all. Wow. And the avoidant men we don't really work with because they don't approach us. You know, they, they're meeting women all the time. And, um, you know, and they're just fine with the, with the superficiality, right? So, yeah. So that's what I see. So actually, not a difference. Not, a, not what I've seen. Wow. And working with over 400 um, singles. But yeah. you find that they deal with it differently, right? Like they're a little bit more, um, I guess, they push away maybe when they get anxious or when, you know, these emotions start to rise. Or do you find not, not that that's not the case? So those anxious men that tend to attract more women who are more on the avoidance spectrum, because when we talk about we always attract the opposite of us, right? And the opposites attract, right? It's a lot of attraction. It's a lot of polarity. So like the anxious attracts the avoidant, right? The anxious will never attract another anxious. So basically, like the men have the exact same experience. They attract women who are, don't get back to them, don't, don't text them back or wait three days later, right? And again, it's the same pattern that I also I'll just drop off the earth. They have a date, but then, you know, the men have to do all the work. And also the men tend to be more the nice guys, right? Where they pay for the dinner and keep inviting them out and you know, we saw this like one post on Facebook where uh, a girl was like posting up a guy with her guy friend and she thanked her guy friend for being such a great um, friend and showing her how she should be treated. And he took her to horseback riding and to great dinner. And it was obvious that he was interested in her. Right. But but he was such a nice guy that she she was just like seeing him as a friend. You know, she's like, thanks. Thanks for teaching me how I should be treated. So I'm ready when the right man comes along. Wow. Okay. And so what do you think are, the, what are our secrets or, or how do we get vulnerable in these situations? I know that you talk a lot about polarity and the trust and then, you know, anxiety and how to be secure and the fact that you are insecure. There's a lot of information there. I'm going to let you just take it from there and then we can dive in. Yeah. Yeah, so I just posted on my uh, on Facebook today, when you are secure with your insecurities, you are magnetic, right? And what I see over and over again is that's like people are being told, you know, when you read Cosmopolitan or other magazines, you know, the insecure attachment style, those women, they're always being told, oh, just pretend, you know, you don't care or just, just don't call back right away. But it doesn't work like that, right? 
you know, it's all about like leaning in. You know, I just spoke at Google on um, and vulnerability and leadership, right? And it was all about like leaning into the insecurity. So leaning into feeling uncomfortable, leaning into feeling awkward, right? And feeling that versus like pulling back and saying, oh, I'm just going to laugh. That's another thing I see with women, right? They feel uncomfortable and awkward. And, and and it's actually something sad that they're that they're actually starting to experience and then they laugh. Right. Right? So that's like how they cover up their insecurity and they're not secure in their insecurity, right? They're completely insecure. They're completely pushing the insecurity away. Um, and insecurity could be like I said, you know, it could be shame, it could be embarrassment, awkwardness, uncomfortability. Um uh, you know, and especially when when women tell me like, oh, I, that makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like talking about this. Fantastic. Let's talk more about it. Right. 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 So I think that's where the society makes a big mistake. And, and girlfriends and advisors and everyone is like by backing off when somebody says I feel uncomfortable versus like leaning in more. Right. right exactly. Um, that's the biggest, biggest piece that I work with my clients on and also to embody that, to not just like lean into that in their head, but really, okay, what's going on in your body right now? And to express that with your voice, right? Mm. Or go into your anger and your resentment, into your fury, into your rage, right? And let get all of that out versus like continuing to hide that. And with that being incongruent inside of yourself, sending mixed signals, and with that, Nada, of course, attracting men who are also sending mixed signals, and are being very incongruent mm. in their behaviors and their responses to you. Very interesting. So can you talk to us a little bit more about this idea of polarity? Oh, yes, of course. Like, that's, we love to talk about this, right? Because, so, uh, you know, and we just watched a documentary yesterday. It was about masculinity, and I'm glad we're talking about this because I think it's so misunderstood. Because these days, like, masculinity is really being bashed but the problem is that actually it's just the shadow side so like they say you know the aggressiveness and abusiveness and all of that yeah that's like one part of masculinity right but there's six different parts same for women there's six different parts of 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 being being in a feminine right and they all need to be congruent and and um integrated inside of yourself right so basically what happens is the women who come to me who are really successful and driven and you know, accomplished, right? The problem is they're more in the masculine. And what's ha- what happens is they say, well, Auntie, I want to attract like a man who I, who I feel, you know, helped by and who I, supports me and who I feel, you know, he has my back because they attract feminine guys. Right. You know, they attract guys who say, Nada, you tell me what to do. What do you want to do today? You take the lead. Or they go so much into their emotions that there's no way that you feel safe to go into your emotions. You automatically feel like, okay, I have to be the caregiver, you know. Right, right. I have to hold. Because it's about balance, remember? Mm. So one person is going to step up. And it's always going to be the one who's more the masculine. Right. Right? So so that's the tragedy. And then the tragedy, what happens is that those successful women always tell me, oh, I just need to find somebody who's even stronger than me. I'm like, it, just doesn't, it doesn't work like that, you know? <laughs> you don't want to attract somebody who's even more masculine than you when you're already so much in your masculine, right? It's about softening into your feminine and just becoming receptive. And again, that goes back to being connected to their body, right? And for the man, um, <clears throat> what we see is actually like not being afraid to overstep the boundaries. They're so afraid to step overstep the boundaries to offend a woman 
that what I coached them, I coached them actually to overstep the boundaries and, and rather overstep the boundaries and ask for apology later than, than like ask for permission because that keeps them in a friend zone because a woman doesn't trust the man who doesn't take charge and who doesn't trust himself. Right. I mean, if, if a man comes to you and says, Nada, can I kiss you now? Can I hug you now? Can I, you know, whatever, what, right? Like, I mean, you feel like a little, uh, don't you trust yourself? Like, can't you, you know, right. read your own kind of like signals and body language? And so it feels like a little, women are really turned off by that when men ask, you know, and that's the feminine. So that's what we do with our singles. I'm glad that we're, we are having this conversation because I feel like we as a society have such like a backward thought process in regards to feminine and masculinity. And, you know, women always talk about, oh, well, you know, you know, I always want to be in my feminine, but they really don't know how to tap into it. Right. Or, um, or they say, I don't want to be masculine or I do believe in being masculine, but we really have a hard time finding balance. And I truly believe that as men and women, you have to have both and you have to have a balance of both and then know when to use it and when not to use it. You know, Obviously, as a as a strong, you know, successful woman, you might be a little bit more masculine in the work area or when you're, you know, if you're a CEO or not, or maybe when you go home, you tap into your feminine. I don't know. Like there's different ways to think about it, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about the transition time, you know, that, you know, men need transition when they come home. Like they can't listen to you right away. They need to, they need a few minutes to just let go of work, right? And and what I feel like what's missing for women is that they don't see, especially when they're in a masculine, they act like a man. What means like they need transition time too. They need to either stay, you know, in the car like five minutes longer before they go into the house or before they go to the date, right? And just really let go of work versus just like going and expecting that they can just move from one place to another. Yeah, but they take their energy with them. Right. They take their masculine mask with them, right? Right. And men totally sense that. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, and Tia, it's an honor to have you on the show. I would love to jump into our power section. Can you tell us one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life? <gasps> yeah, totally. Um, so it's, it's Greg Behrens. Um, it's a breakup because it's broken, or he's just not that into you. He wrote both, both books. Okay. And basically why I love it, Nada, is... Because the anxious attachment style is it's so helpful for that because, you know, he basically says, look, stop anticipating that he's just on a trip or that he didn't have time for you this weekend or whatever. He's like, he's not that into you, you know? And then he brings, like, examples of, like, how men traveled from across the globe for women that they're really interested in, right? Versus, like, a man who's like, oh, I had, like, a last-minute trip or you know, and, and just like have all those excuses and women say like, Oh, it's just, you know, we give each other all those excuses and we have the book. He's just not uh, the, the movie. He's not just not that into you. Right. Mm. Why do we tell each other that? Right. When a man, when a boy pushes you that, um, th- that's great because then you train your daughter, you know, to be like, okay, it's okay to have an avoidant attachment style. It's okay to have, um, you know, to be abused, you know, to be disrespected, Right. Versus like saying, no, you deserve to be respected. So really love that book. I mean, it was the biggest eye-opener for me when I read it 12 years ago. Thank you. And what's one thing that you've accomplished that you're proud of up to date? Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I would say the biggest thing for me is really to go into my own anger um, that was that I couldn't even feel, you know? And that was really about 
Um, I mean, yeah, of course, I could give you all the auto accomplishments, and I spoke at Google and went to UC Berkeley and all of that, but it's really about having like that, give myself that permission to go into my raw, raw self, right? In my, the emotion that I'm the most afraid of, like my biggest rage and anger and just really feel that, mm-hmm. right? And have somebody hold that space for me to really go there and know I can go there at any moment. Right. Okay. And um, is there anything that you do maybe on a, on a daily basis, like maybe like a morning routine or something that you do um, that just helps you get positive rise in your life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So my husband and I, we have our, our morning affirmations that we do, our morning stories. So we do that every day. So I have mine recorded and then I listen to them when I walk on the beach, right? And it's all about what I want to accomplish in this lifetime, but also how do I, I want to feel right and and just like how congruent do i want to be how aligned do i want to be right right and so yes so we meditate we we read we write every morning so we have a whole morning routine that takes about an hour i love that and and to just get really started and 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 really also rehearse how do i want my day to go right like you know and visualize like i want everybody to pick up the phone and you have juicy conversations and you know being uplifted you know and have win-win collaborations right and and have like um i have like huge vision board of all of my um of like wedding couples and then i have like the names of my clients on it so i look at that every day and visualize my clients getting married and attracting the men of their dreams right right so that's what we do in the morning and Tia, it's been such an honor to have you on the show. Again, thank you for your time. Um, do you have any last like piece of golden nugget that you would like to share with our audience um, before we wrap up here? Maybe something that we didn't get a chance to talk about that you just want to send us off with. Yeah, so uh, what I really uh, recommend you doing is to dream bigger, so, like to really say dreams do come true and really let go of this like jadedness of, oh, I had this before or you know, this is, you know, it's pie in the sky, right? To just really like tap into like your inner princess, like that little girl who, you know, could just imagine like her room is a, is, is, is a, whatever, is a castle or, you know what I mean? And you have tea parties and whatever, right? Like to just really go back into your imagination and let go of that, um, of that criticism and of that judgment that you have when you go into that part of you, that, that does dream and that believes that dreams do can come true. Wonderful. Antia, again, thank you so much for your time. How do we support you and how do we stay connected with you um, if we have any women that want to get a hold of you or men and kind of just pick your brain a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we we designed our Find to Right Man discovery um, discovery sessions and for um, and for the men is find the right uh, woman discovery call and that's where we really go deep and uncover what are your blind spots and not just necessarily what's on the surface but what is really the underbelly of the iceberg that you're not even aware of you know right. and we'll also actually look at how much actually can you step and do you actually believe that you can have what you want and can you actually step into the creating you know that grand vision of love that you really want to attract into your life and then we can, you know, talk about some tools and strategies that we can provide for you. Yeah, so if that's uh, something that really rings true for you and that's a lean-in for you, then go to my website, howtofindtherightman.com, or for the men, howtofindtherightwoman.com, and get yourself on our calendars and, and sign up for, for this one-hour 
call with us. Wonderful. Thank you again so much, Antia, for your time. And uh, we look forward to talking with you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Nada. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that episode. If you're wanting more strategy, tips, and information, please head over to riseupforyou.com and sign up for our emailing list. We have a special jumpstart guide that gives you the first few steps to building your professional and personal life. Rise Up For You is all about getting to the next step and never allowing yourself to settle. So again, please head over to riseupforyou.com, join our network, and rise up in both your professional and personal life. Thank you again for joining. Rise Up For You. Be better today than yesterday and prepare for a greater tomorrow.